Let's take our Bibles back to Psalm 56 tonight and uh, do, not, I was going to say do something a little bit different. I'm preaching something different than what I was planning on preaching tonight, but out of this same area. And I wanted to elaborate a little bit on one of the thoughts I kind of got into or illustration uh, about redirection and mentioning uh, for myself uh, the fact that, uh, you know, get into small spaces and those types of things uh, that I don't like that. I get anxiety and so I have to redirect. Uh, myself. And I've said before, given that illustration, that I would do things like uh, look around the room and say, what are five things that I can see? And I'd say, well, I can see, you know, a sign, or I can see a picture, or I can see a person. Uh, what, are, what are four things that I can hear? Well, I can hear uh, traffic. I can hear uh, the dentist drill coming towards my face. Huh? Uh, you know, I can, what are, what are, you know, three things that I could smell? And, uh, and on and on and on to get my mind off of uh, what is causing me uh, to, uh, to panic. Uh, because our bodies uh, respond to things differently, we have to do that. Now, long before um, some uh, psychologist or psychiatrist or Sigmund Freud or some doctor somewhere uh, came up with this idea, uh, God had already thought about it. Uh, and there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, and so what I want, I want to elaborate on that a little bit using... Uh, this psalm and another psalm, and really there are seven psalms uh, that bring us all back to one account in the Old Testament, uh, and, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to show you that. So this is uh, also going to be a way to study your Bible. I've been encouraging you that when you read in the book of Acts uh, to find out which epistle corresponds with that chapter, the missionary journeys, when you do that, it brings everything together. Everything has context, and uh, in Psalm 56 has context. Uh, and it was written at a certain time and for a certain reason. And so I'm going to uh, kind of get a running start at developing one thought uh, tonight. Uh, but a thought uh, that I want you to think about as we do that is this. Um, uh, fear and faith uh, can, uh, can find their place uh, in your mind at the very same time. Okay, Fear and faith can be in your mind. At the very same time, they'll say, like, you can't be bitter and be thankful. Like, your, uh, you, like your, your brain doesn't, doesn't do that. You, when you have a spirit of thankfulness, bitterness can't abide in there. And so uh, that's why God tells us uh, to focus on Thanksgiving, to be thankful for all things. Um, we have to have faith that overcomes or conquers fear, uh, but fear and faith uh, can be happening uh, in, at certain times simultaneously. And, uh, and I'm going to prove that to you tonight uh, with David. You can remain seated. We're going to read, um, we're going to read Psalm 56. Uh, and then we're going to look briefly at another psalm, point some things out. We're going to go to the Old Testament scripture, and we're going to read that. Uh, and then I'm going to give you your one point tonight. All of God's people said, amen. amen. Verse 1 says this, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighteth daily, uh, he fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word, in God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings, uh, put thou my tears into a bottle. Are they not in thy book? 
When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, and I love this, underline this in your Bible. I put a smiley face by it in mine. For God is for me. Uh, you know, we say that if God's for us, who can be against us? Uh, but the Bible teaches us that if we belong to Him, we're His children. Um, God is for me. Uh, and you might think everybody's against you, uh, but God is for you. And that's, a, that's if you don't get anything else, just underline that tonight, and that'll help you. In God will I praise His word, and the Lord will I uh, praise His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? So uh, this is a psalm. It's a song. Uh, and, uh, and I want you to notice what it says. You might have this in your Bible. Most Bibles have a little bit of commentary uh, at the beginning of uh, this psalm. And, uh, and by the way, the, these little um, things may not be inspired, but they give you great direction uh, to uh, some things. And mine says this, and may, uh, raise your hand if yours says this. Uh, mine says, David complaineth of his enemies. Does yours say that? Uh, so uh, few people have that. And then it says this in mine, it says, to the chief musician upon, and I looked this up because I wanted to know how to pronounce this, and I, and I listened to it over and over again, and it says, Jonath Elim Rekokim, all right? So it says, to the chief musician upon Jonath Elim Rekokim, Mishtem of David, and notice what it says, when the Philistines took him to, in Gath, all right? Uh, and I'm going to get back to what that, uh, that phrase means here in a little bit. Uh, but how many of you have some commentary in your Bible uh, to that extent? All right, great. So turn over to Psalm 34 uh, tonight. Um, psalm 34 is also uh, a uh, psalm that's based off of, uh, it's David uh, praying, singing, uh, writing under inspiration of God um, with, the, with the same the same context, it's the same historical time, it's the same event uh, that, uh, that prompted the writing of Psalm 56 and has a lot of stuff in it about uh, fear and what we're supposed to do with fear. Uh, he says this in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Uh, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Look at verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. And, uh, and uh, I preached even about this earlier uh, during the pandemic. Uh, verse 5, they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out, all, of, out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord uh, encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Uh, that word trust and fear uh, we see in these passages of Scripture. And we're really going to look at uh, a, uh, a definition of what trust is or a description of that. Uh, because we all, we all say we, we have faith and we all say that we trust the Lord. Uh, but we kind of think like it's, it's like faith, like, like faith, God gives it to us. Uh, and if I'm going to trust God, that God's got to do all the work. Like he has to give me trust. He has to give me peace. He has to give me knowledge. He has to uh, give me information. I have to see and sense or whatever, uh, something that's going to, is going to give me trust uh, and that I can just relax. And, uh, and it's, it's really not what God's trying to teach us to do. Uh, he says also in verse nine, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. 
the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Uh, Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Uh, he, and he is praying, he says, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. And it's important to remember that uh, about what, I, what he says and his behavior and what he does uh, because he was convicted about that. Uh, and uh, he depart from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and the ears are open unto their cry. Uh, and, and he goes on about many afflictions. This is a psalm. Now, uh, in my, the little notes above, uh, above that pa- passage in your Bible, perhaps it says something like this. Uh, I have some that you didn't have. It says, David praises God and exhorts others to do so. Uh, and exhort, It's an exhortation to fear God, given a summary uh, of what the chapter might be. But it says this, a psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Now, Abimelech, uh, is the royal name for Achish. All right, so in Psalm 56, uh, we is talking about his experience with Achish. Uh, and, and that's, well, it doesn't say that right away, but it says when he uh, was in Gath. Uh, and then here it says uh, when he was dro- driven away uh, from Abimelech, uh, and he, he prayed uh, this prayer and, uh, about his change in behavior. All right, is everybody with me? So there are several other psalms uh, that deal with this passage of Scripture. Uh, Keep your finger in Psalm 56 and turn with me back to 1 Samuel chapter number 21. Now when we get into the book of 1 Samuel, beginning in chapter number 19, you really begin to see uh, David as he's exiled uh, from the presence of Saul. Uh, If you're to read chapters before chapter number 21... Uh, we have everything about you know Saul wanting to kill him, uh, and you know sticking the javelin in the wall. Uh, the whole uh, dynamic between David and Jonathan, which weirdos today want to make into something uh, that's not uh, what it is. And uh, and David loved Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan loved David, uh, but uh, but it wasn't some creepy kind of a thing. Uh, and and so they had made a a, a pact. Uh, that Jonathan would uh, basically inform him of Saul's intention to kill him, and there's arrows that are being shot, and uh, and uh, and uh, just a neat story. And so we find at the end of that uh, that David knows for sure that Saul is out to get him. Jonathan basically tells him, you know, it's not safe. He gives him that signal, and then chapter number twenty-one, uh, he leaves and he goes uh, to um, Nob. Uh, it's kind of a weird name for a city, uh, but there are a lot of weird names uh, for cities back then. It says in verse 1, Then, da- then came David to Nob, uh, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid uh, at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? He was running, and, uh, and before there was the, ta- the tabernacle, the temple, etc., uh, at Nob, uh, there was a temple, uh, and that's where the priests uh, did service to God. It's where, um, where we're going to see here in a minute, uh, the sword of Goliath uh, was kept. Uh, was some kind of, you know, I mean, where would you keep it? Uh, David uh, must have relinquished it at the conclusion of uh, his battle with Goliath. Remember, he took it, and he cut off Goliath's head. 
Uh, and, uh, and so for whatever reason, however it got there, uh, we're going to see uh, that that sword was at Nob. At Nob were um, spiritual, perhaps artifacts and uh, in, in, uh, things of great value to Israel. Uh, and, uh, and that's where priests were and that's where they, uh, where they labor. And uh, kind of a side note is, as he fled from the presence of Saul... Um, this is only just a short from, from, uh, from where he was to Nob, just a short distance away. And Saul's influence uh, was still there, very much so, uh, in the city uh, of Nob. Uh, and uh, so it says this, and uh, you know, he asked, the priest says, why are you by yourself? Uh, and, uh, and David uh, lied. Uh, here's what he said. David sent unto Ahimelech the priest, the king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereunto I send thee, and what have I commanded thee? And, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Uh, and uh, so he basically said, You know, uh, the king sent me on a journey. I'm not supposed to tell anybody what it is, top secret. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so uh, it's, everything's on the down low, uh, and that really wasn't what was taking place. Now remember, remember, uh, as he prayed about guile and in, in lying and in these types of things uh, in Psalm 34, because it all goes back to, to 1 Samuel chapter number 21. Uh, and uh, he asked the priest, Do you have any bread, uh, any common bread? Uh, and, uh, and he said, there is no common bread, verse number four, under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priests and said unto him, of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and bread is the manner of common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessels. So the priests gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread that, uh, but the show bread that was there. And then uh, it seems like verse number seven, is kind of a, an asterisk in there. Uh, and it says, Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, uh, which simply means that God had held him there for his purpose. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. Uh, and, uh, and you hear about him again uh, in chapter number 22 uh, because he tattles uh, on David. Uh, and uh, and uh, to to King Saul, uh, and then later on, uh, another psalm connected. This is Psalm 52. If you write that down, Psalm 52 uh, is all about David um, uh, writing a song about uh, that loose tongue, wicked Doeg the Edomite. And uh, and so you think you think things that happen to you, you know, relationships and breakups and uh, this problem, that problem, uh, that all, you know, uh, that's how people write country songs. Uh, and uh, and so, but it goes way back. Uh, people wrote about their relationships and difficulties, uh, and that's what Psalm 52 is about. And basically, uh, David in in that song saying uh, that Doeg uh, is uh, going to be judged, uh, and uh, and he's in trouble. And so he wrote a song about this guy uh, in Psalm 52. Uh, and you don't need to turn there, but the other psalms kind of connected to this: Psalm 59, 54, 57. And 142, not all of the Psalms, but parts of them all connected. But Psalm 56 and Psalm 34 uh, are directly about this story. If you're with me, say amen. Uh, as I, if I think you're getting it all, I, I, I won't repeat that. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, there was a guy there, uh, and, uh, and he's, the Lord had him there for a reason. He was detained of the Lord. 
uh, and, and it mentioned uh, that this was a herdman that belonged to Saul. Verse number 8, And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, There's none like it. Give it to me. And there really wasn't one like it. If you go back and you look at Goliath, and he was six cubits in a, in a score or whatever it was. And, uh, and uh, so people, you know, uh, as you measure that, it's nine, either nine foot uh, four or nine foot seven. Uh, and uh, his, his spear was like a, 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 a weaver's beam. Uh, and the weight just of the, of the spear uh, was 600 shekels, which is uh, 15 pounds. Uh, so there are people who have, because it gives the, the measurements, have made replicas uh, of Goliath's spear. And it's huge. And so, you know, a guy with, you know, he's six foot whatever, and that thing is like way bigger than him. People carry around 15 pounds. If you ever, if you ever carried around a 15-pound weight, uh, and if you can imagine that being on the end of a big, long spear uh, and being able to throw that and wield it or stab around, it's, it, you know, it would be most people in here, uh, uh, that on the end of, of a pole, uh, I don't care how strong you are, you're going to have a hard time uh, picking that up, uh, let alone toss it, throw it, use it to stab people. Uh, it was a big thing. So uh, if you look up on the Internet, uh, how big was Goliath's sword? You really don't have a whole lot. You don't come up with a whole lot. Uh, but it was probably a, a pretty impressive sword. Uh, not just in its size, uh, but even here it's acknowledged. It says, there's no sword like that, uh, give it to me. And so he got Goliath's sword. He wielded it uh, the very first time and again killing Goliath. And now here it is in his possession again. And, and, and so uh, I can't remember the name of a guy. You can see it on YouTube, but there's a guy who said that he, uh, well, he saw the sword and the ark and a bunch of different things. And, uh, and I forget all of that, uh, but he made a replica uh, of what he said to be Goliath's sword uh, and uh, some other people have made it and you can see it uh, it's not it's you know most swords would weigh uh, two and a half to four and a half pounds uh, and and so they're saying this one probably weighed 15 20 pounds uh, and uh, and that's a that's a pretty heavy weapon uh, and very big uh, so he has uh, this sword then notice what it says and this is how irrational fear is He's running from Saul. He's afraid of Saul. Um, and he's so afraid of Saul that he decides he's going to go to the only place Saul would never look for him. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's to Gath. Uh, and, he, and, that's where, and that's where he went. Now, um, what has David been doing up to this point? Between running from Saul, he's, he's slaying what kind of people? Philistines. And they're singing songs about him. Saul has slain his thousands and, and David his ten thousands. And so, so in between him running from Saul, uh, he's just cleaning house and killing Philistines. Uh, and, uh, and he figures, I got to get away from Saul. I'm going to go to Gath uh, to get away. It absolutely makes zero sense. All right. Uh, and uh, so notice what happens. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul. Uh, and this is the only place, by the way, in, in Samuel's books uh, and maybe in most of the Bible uh, and in, in here uh, that, uh, that it's mentioned that he, David, 
was afraid. Uh, and the word afraid is used. And so David arose that, and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Also uh, is, uh, is uh, what was the name of the, the, the royal name? Abimelech. So Psalm 56, Psalm 34, it's the same, the same instance. Uh, and the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did, not, uh, did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? So guess what happened? They recognized him. Now, it's a whole different time, right? You don't have uh, the internet to look up pictures, and, uh, and you didn't see him on, uh, on the Fox News channel, and, uh, and uh, this was all word of mouth and different things. There are probably Philistines in Gath uh, that fled and got away uh, from him at different battles. And so, uh, so he uh, was recognized straight away. And not only was it silly for him to go there, and, uh, but what did he... Gath, Gath was the hometown of what... Philistine dude, Goliath. So he goes walking into, walking into Gath uh, with Goliath's sword. And everybody knew whose sword that was. So, so if it wasn't just like, isn't that David? I'm pretty sure that's David. They sing songs about him. Uh, and, uh, and he just walked into town uh, with, with Goliath's sword. If you watch the news, uh, the, um, some of the Taliban um, uh, terrorists uh, had put on American gear and then, uh, and then uh, mocked uh, our World War II, um, I can't remember the name of the actual uh, Iwo Jima, uh, and, and mocking that. And, and what a, it was a, a, a terrible affront uh, to, to us as a country. Uh, and if there, if, the, if there isn't a reason to, to drop a bomb on them, uh, that's one right there. And, uh, but this would be kind of like that. Like, like walking into town with their champion's sword. Uh, and, and, and he was recognized, and, and they were saying these things. Verse number 12, And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Uh, now, I'm not going to be able to do a pretty, uh, very good impression uh, of that uh, tonight for you. I mean, I was just spittling a moment ago, uh, just involuntarily. Uh, and, uh, but it's like, okay, they knew who I am, got the sword. And so that word, you know, scrabbling at the tweets, he's basically acting like he's crazy. And he's, and he's writing on the walls, scrabbling on the, on the doors and, and drooling. And he did that on purpose. That's the, he, when he realized, he was sore afraid and he realized that he was busted and everybody knew who he was. And so he, his behavior was, he'd been lying all through this chapter and now he's acting like a crazy person uh, in, in front of them. Uh, so that spit was, drool was falling down through his beard. And, and, uh, and so uh, you can imagine, uh, uh, I'll let your imagination do it. I won't, uh, I won't imitate it. Verse 14 then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And then David departed to Adam. So he got, he got out of there. And so, so it's just like, I mean, what kind of trophy 
uh, is, a, is, is crazy old David uh, in his, in his, in his uh, uh, you know, his acting out and whatever and doing that. And, you, and you've all seen people doing this kind of a thing. Uh, and uh, and uh, myself, uh, having for several years worked with people with uh, severe disabilities, and uh, in fact, we had one we had one lady uh, who had a, a, a traumatic brain injury, but uh, she, she had before her brain injury, she had a, 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 a mental disorder, and she tried to commit suicide, so she jumped off a bridge, almost drowned, and so she got an anoxic brain injury on top of her. Uh, her schizophrenia, uh, and uh, and so um, we I sent her on a home visit uh, with one of our staff members, and on that home visit uh, in a hotel, she had a psychotic break, uh, and uh, and she was doing this, but uh, and uh, writing on the walls and uh, and uh, with her own feces and and things, and it was a terrible, terrible situation. So there are things where people you, you've seen and you can understand uh, the reaction. But Paul, Paul, excuse me, Paul, David um, was play acting, and that was his behavior. He was, he was so f- afraid of Achish, uh, and, uh, and, he was, and, and he was less afraid of them than he was of Saul, because he was there hiding from Saul. Are you with me? And he, and he acted like a crazy person to get away, and he got away, and when he got away, uh, in uh, the caves of Adullam, he wrote Psalm 56 and Psalm 34. Uh, and, uh, and so here was a man who we uh, see and look at in the Bible. It's a man after God's own heart. Uh, he's the, the guy who, uh, who uh, killed a bear and a lion, who uh, slayed the champion Goliath, who had, at, from, at this point, tens of thousands uh, of Philistines at his own hand uh, that he had slain, uh, and he was filled with fear uh, to the point where we see him in probably uh, at his second worst uh, in, in the accounts we read about. His worst time, of course, obviously with Bathsheba. Uh, and uh, in despair, in fear, uh, acting the way that he acted, so let's go back to Psalm 56, and we'll get to the one point that I want you to, to, to get tonight uh, in, in what I alluded to uh, with the redirection story of, of my own today. Uh, and, and when I say, you know, whether it's motorcycles or if it's coronavirus or whatever, uh, that I'm not afraid of them, uh, there are going to be times where, um, where I have fear. Uh, I, I remember even when I had my first motorcycle, uh, there were, you know, uh, people pull out, whatever, but I was on uh, the interstate uh, and uh, somewhere between Tukwila, uh and uh, in Federal Way uh, and a semi-truck uh, tire blew on, on, a, on, a, uh, on a truck. And so all I could see was uh, rubber flying through the air. Uh, and I'm going, you know, 65 miles an hour uh, on my motorcycle. And so all I could do was nothing. And so I just kept driving straight, uh, and, uh, and it was scary. Uh, and so one piece had fell down just right by my left leg and pulled my, uh, my left leg off of my, uh, off my peg, uh, and I got it back on, and that was all that I got from that. Uh, but in that moment, 
um, uh, there's fear. Uh, and, and we've all had those times. It could be, it could be you know, somebody you know, scaring you. Uh, you know, we were talking about Jordan had hiccups at lunch. We were talking, you drink water, you hold your breath. Sometimes people would you know, scare, try to scare you uh, to, to help you get rid of uh, hiccups. Uh, and so you're going to have times you can say, well, I don't fear man, because God says we shouldn't fear man or fear flesh. All of us, myself, uh, you know, uh, we're going to experience fear. Uh, but in, in those moments, whether you have to, you have to be bold uh, or show courage and to overcome that, everybody's going to have it. Fear and faith, uh, the first thought, uh, can find themselves uh, in the same mind. Uh, and you say, how do you know that? We just showed you with David. Uh, a man who prayed these prayers and made these declarations to us under inspiration of God uh, was, was at, probably at the most scared point uh, of his life uh, and uh, in behaving in the way that he did. So, verse 3, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. It's it's like at the conclusion of this event, he gets to Adullam and he's, and he's, and he's, he's sitting down uh, by himself uh, in a cave uh, and he's thinking about what had just happened. And it was a terrible thing. I mean, it was, it was scary, uh, every, everything, uh, and, and he got out of there uh, and with, by, you know, uh, making, you know, acting like he acted his behavior. Psalm 34 deals a lot with that. Uh, in Psalm 56 as well, uh, he's saying, I'm not going I'm, I'm to fear what man can do. Remember, he just was really afraid of what men can do. Uh, he, he, he's going to put his trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me, uh, and uh, I will not be afraid, verse number 11, what man can do unto me. Uh, Thy vows are upon me, talking about his promises, words he knew he was protected. And by the way, uh, when he was anointed, uh, Samuel said, um, don't worry about Saul. And, uh, but Saul was scary enough uh, that he ran. And, by, and there can also be uh, a, an analogy made or a, a message preached on how we run from God's promises uh, to the world. And, uh, and, uh, and, we, and we feel like we can get to a place where, uh, where God can't find us. In every instance in the Bible, you see God, God finding everyone. There's no place that we can go. And so he, he, he's going to go to, uh, you know, he's going to go where Saul has no influence. And Saul didn't have a presence uh, in Gath. Uh, but God still had his number uh, and, and dealt with him the way that he did. If you have a pen, uh, write this down. We're almost done. Uh, confidence or trust, confidence in the Lord is a purposeful decision replacing the emotional reaction to one's circumstances. Let me read that again. Confidence or trust in the Lord is a purposeful decision replacing the emotional reaction to one's circumstances. Uh, that's what David was doing. Uh, he says... What time I am afraid, the day that I am afraid, that moment that I am afraid, I will trust uh, in God. I will trust in thee. I'm going to purposefully, in my heart and mind, 
rely upon the vows, the promises, the things, everything, the character of God uh, in who He is, I'm going to purposefully um, make that decision and turn from the emotional reaction to the circumstance. So for me, I'm in a dentist chair, uh, and I know what's coming. Uh, They're going to put my legs up above my head uh, and almost get me upside down. They're going to put something in my mouth and jack it wide open, and they're going to be playing in there with Black & Decker tools. Uh, And uh, and it's unpleasant, and you can't get away. Uh, And uh, and so in that minute uh, or in that moment, um, I have an emotional reaction. Uh, I begin to, to think like, you know, uh, you know, whatever I think. Uh, and uh, and, and this, is bad. this is a bad spot to be in, blah, blah, blah. And so I have to make a purposeful decision uh, that, that takes the place that replaces the emotional reaction to my circumstance. That's what redirection is. When, when he says, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to place my confidence in him. He has to decide to do that. It's not something that just happens. It doesn't like you just don't morph into that. It's not like, you you know, I'm okay, when is the trust going to come? When is the faith going to kick in? You have to decide to do that. You have to, you have to decide, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm, a, I'm afraid uh, of the coronavirus. When I'm afraid, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. So what do you do? you realize that the coronavirus can't kill you. You say, well, wait a second. There's a lot of people that died from the coronavirus. Uh, but, but, but really, I mean, God gives life and God takes life. And, uh, and, and so if it's, there's no reason for us, to, the fear of dying from the coronavirus is, is not, in my opinion, a rational fear that a Christian should have. Um, because, because we believe in the promises of God, that God loves us and keeps us, that he's the great physician, uh, that nothing can happen to you that God doesn't allow to happen, uh, and that if you do get sick, God is going to care for you and watch over. And, if, you, and if, if God wills and you slip out into eternity uh, on a ventilator, um, you and every Christian around you, your family, and the people that know Jesus know that God is still on the throne. Uh, and, uh, and, and, he's, and he's still righteous, he's still just, and he's still pure, and everything that he does is righteous. And we know that. So when, what day I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. It is a purposeful decision to, to, to lean on the promises of God in that moment in replacing the emotional uh, things, the physical things that are going on in the midst of that circumstance. Uh, and, and, and that's what you do. Uh, if it's, if it's, if, you know, if I, uh, when my motorcycle's fixed and I, and I get on it for the first time and I get out into traffic and I get to a stoplight and I stop, my body uh, might go, might go on alert and, uh, and my senses might heighten. Uh, and uh, because it isn't just when I watch a safety video uh, and they tell you this is what you do and be prepared because people aren't looking this or that. And this is what could happen when you're stopped. So you, uh, you lane split uh, and you check your mirrors. You keep your bike in first gear. Uh, don't put, keep it in neutral because a lot of people, they get there and they want to put it in neutral because their hands are tired and, they've been, uh, and they're, they're getting cramped up and so they want to rest. No, 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 no. You keep it in first gear and you watch uh, and, uh, and you wait till that one car comes up behind and gets stopped. 
and then you can kind of get out of you know red alert into maybe an, you know it, it's 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 none of that because I've been schmucked by a car, and so been there and done that, and so in that moment um, I might be a little nervous, uh, a little bit more than the average Joe, uh, and checking my mirrors and doing that, and there's been times where it's like screech, and and you just you just like. Ugh. Because you don't know where the screech is coming from. Uh, somebody, in fact, on Canyon Road, uh, was, uh, uh, he's like, I'm riding my bike. And he's like, yeah, dude, cool bike. And he's this or that. And he, and he boom, he smashed into a car in the left lane in front of St. Fra- San, uh, uh, Francis um, Urgent Care. And, uh, and so there's going to be a, a physiological, emotional response. But when that happens... Uh, I have to trust in God. I have to place my confidence in Him physically, purposefully do that uh, and, uh, and, 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 and replace the emotional problem I'm having at that time with the fact that God loves me, He's watching over me, uh, people are praying for me, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I have to do that. So that's what you got to do. Uh, whether it's, like I say, whatever the sickness or whatever, whatever brings fear to you. Uh, it, maybe it's clowns. Uh, and uh, you see a clown uh, and, and, uh, and you're just scared of the clown. What time you are afraid, uh, you know, uh, trust in thee. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't know what happened to you when you were a kid and, you know, a clown took your cotton candy and, uh, at, the, at the fair and, and you just hate him. Whatever it is. It could be, but we have fears, all of us, that are irrational. Uh, and, uh, and, and when we have them, we acknowledge what they are. Uh, and like I said, fear is not sin, uh, but I think holding on to some fears can become sin uh, to us uh, if, if we don't handle them properly. And so long before Sigmund Freud... Uh, and long before, uh, you know, uh, the medical field and doctors and whomever uh, figured out a way uh, God had in his word, um, think on things that are just and pure uh, and, and, and of good report. Uh, he says when you, you bring your thoughts into captivity and, uh, and, and, and realize that some of the things that you think, a lot of the things that you fear, most of the things that you worry about, and by the way, um, most of the things that we've worried about in our life never happened. They just, they just, they just didn't happen. Some of them did, uh, and, but a lot of them probably have not. So what do you do? Well, you, you don't do what David did in 1 Samuel. Um, he made mistake after mistake uh, and went to a place and put himself... It was, it was, you know, um, it's got, it, it has to be. David, give me your top, you know, uh, three um, bad decisions. Bathsheba, number one. And I, I got to think that whole scenario has got to be right in there at two or three. Um, because he stepped into harm's way uh, in, in, in such a direct way uh, in, in that... Um, when I read that for the first time and got the connection of, you know, of where, what, you know, Goliath and Gath and Philistines, and was like, um, why would he do that? Fear, fear causes us to do crazy stuff. 
And, 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 when, and by the way, if somebody that loves you calls you on that, it's like what you're doing is, doesn't make sense. Um, what you ought to do is just stop and ask them to explain, you know, why it doesn't make sense. If, if you know, if, but, and I don't know if he was planning at that point uh, before he ran into the priest, that's where he was on his way to. But Gath was 25 miles southwest of Nob. And, uh, and when he took off from there, uh, if, you know, if, if, he, if he got out of the temple and somebody's like, hey, David, how's it going? Uh, where are you headed? I'm going to Gath. I'm just going to hang out in Gath with that sword. Yeah. Got a problem with that? <laughs> Everybody would have a problem with that. It's like, that's a crazy thing to do, David. Why would you do that? He was, he was scared of Saul and more scared of him than a city full of, of Goliath's brothers and sisters. And, uh, and so fear will make you do crazy things. So what time I'm afraid, I will trust in him. In God, place your trust in him. Trust is, is placing your confidence in God purposefully in that moment, replacing the emotional reaction. And so when he did inventory of that whole scenario and, uh, and the whole, you know, um, and I'm glad God put that in there. I, you know, I, I don't think that he, if he was, when everybody started to gather around him, you read in the next chapters and people coming, and it was, it was all the people who had debt, all the people that were, you know, outcasts and whatever, and they meet with him and they start doing that. It's like, hey, where were you? I was in Gath. How'd you get out of that? Uh, watch, this is what I did, and he, uh, you know, and, uh, and starts drooling. I don't think he was like, hey, that's what I did. Um, well, he wouldn't do that. Uh, and uh, so I'm glad God put it in, in God's word so that I can see it, uh, so, that, so that I can spiritually and from the word of God have a tool uh, that can help me uh, with my emotions or my behavior in 2021, um, from God's word, not from a doctor, not from Oprah, uh, not from whatever. This is what you do. That's what David, I'm going to. I'm not going to fear. I feared man once, and I did some crazy stuff. I'm not going to fear him again. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to place my confidence in him purposefully. Uh, and then God and all the things that God says, even in those, those chapters. Now, uh, one other thing here, that Jonath, Elam, Rekokim, says that to the chief musician upon, upon Jonath, Elam, Rekokim. Uh, I looked up that, I looked up. So it, David, he wrote a psalm, and he said it needs to be sung upon this. And so the only thing that people can think of what that means is that that song needs to be sung to the tune of or to the melody of uh, Jonath Elam Rakokim. You know what that means? It's a song that meant a dumb love of distant places. So he wrote Psalm 56, realizing where he was and what he did, and he says, I'm writing this psalm, and you all need to sing it to the tune of a dumb love of distant places. Because there wasn't much a dumber thing to do than for me to go to the land of Gath. And, uh, and I, just, I just love, you know, that even, that's just in the, the notes. 
uh, and, and it blessed my heart uh, when I read it. So these verses that you read and the things, these verses that we pull out and we, and we memorize and we apply have context. And, uh, and there's a great context uh, to, to, to making sure faith overcomes fear. And I hope that helps you like it helps me. Let's all stand tonight and... Uh, and